The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. Uh, That's been the focus, the mission, and the education message for over almost seven full years here soon. The goal behind the radio talk show, Power of Water, worldwide, is a mission to get people educated about how important water is in your everyday moment of life. I've said this over and over. I'm never going to stop saying it. And the reason I'm going to become boring on this first subject every time the show starts is every time I've talked to people of very intellectual backgrounds and they'll say, Sharon, I've never heard it that way before. I've never thought of it that way before. You're right. I do have to have a a drink, a glass of water, several glasses of water. I I forgot. That was the first time I've ever been shown and educated about that thought. It's life and death. Water is vital to your life. There's nothing more important to you or the planet. Water. We are in a water crisis, but I'm totally convinced we can reverse that situation with a team and a mission in time. We'll do it. But you need to understand where I come from and the guests of this show that are the most wonderful, unselfish, committed people to the subject of your health and water around the world. This is the reason why you have to be concerned about you as a person, how unique you are. In your mother's womb, you were in a pocket of water. Nature had a reason for that. It recycles itself with the environment, atmosphere of the water vapor in the air within The mother is living in atmospheric water vapor. Earth began with the atmosphere's water vapor before rain. The circle, uh, the earth was surrounded by water moisture vapor before the rain began. Water is about 14 billion years old to get where we're at. The moment that baby was born and left that pocket of water, it entered into water atmosphere. We're swimming in it. That's what keeps us alive, is the atmosphere's water vapor. You as a person, individually, so excitingly unique. No two eyes are alike. 
no two fingerprints alike, and more about you. You are that unique. You begin a moment at that moment, because you're no longer living in water, in your mother's womb, you begin a dehydration process, body water loss, recycling with the water vapor of the atmosphere and how you choose to live your lifestyle and your surrounding influence of your environment. Now, here's this how serious. The eyes are 99% water at the surface. And in the womb, the eyes and the brain connect at the same moment. Nature does that. Now, the eyes are 99% water, and at the beginning of your moment of that delivery room, your eyelid will open. And when that eyelid opens, the atmosphere is attracted to the eyes. The eyes are attracted to the atmosphere. And as you heard Dr. Fong in China tell us recently with a show in China that the eye's requirement of that electrolytic ability for water vapor to uh, humidify and absorb into your eye is the influence of the health of your eye. Now, if you're not getting enough, you need to supplement that. So the word of supplementation is coming into our vocabulary now. Now, the brain is 80 to 85% water. Your teeth are 8 to 10%. Your lungs are 75 to 80%. Your heart is 75 to 80%. Liver is 70 to 75%. Bones, 20 to 25%. I've had people say, my teeth, my bones, I had no idea they were water. Skin is 70-75%, kidneys 80-85%, to blood 50%, your muscles are 70-75%. to Now, earth is also related to you, the organism. It relates to dehydration effects too. So you can look out your door, walk on the ground, and look out to the sky, and you can see what is happening to earth dehydration effects and your impact on dehydration effects. You must learn that your breath of life, your way you breathe in and out through your nose, through your mouth, is a cycle of the way Earth is living too. You must learn to live in that environment as your greatest influence and breathe correctly. You must drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. And please don't let anybody confuse you. It's a must. Your cells are made up of water. And the electrolytic ability for those cells to thrive and live and live through the skin with the outside atmosphere are vital to you personally. You must drink water to help the body make a decision. Drinking water is not sipping it. I've had people say, well, I drink two and three of those, and they point to their containers a day with a straw. No. You need to also, during the day, get out of bed and drink two glasses of water at the beginning to get your water to absorb. The next time you drink water seriously, hopefully before you go to work or to whatever, two more glasses. Give it a chance to absorb. And then throughout the day, try to 
before the day's over, get eight to ten glasses together to absorb. Try to plant your, try to water your plant by a drip at a time. You need to have it absorb the water and make a decision with absorption. I will, I'm not going to go on any further on your nutrition, your exercise, and your sleep, but I'm going to tell you this is important to you. As you were hearing about Ebola in uh, Nigeria recently, they were able to gain controls because people were drinking 1.3 gallons of water traced with salt and sugar. Water from Mayo Clinic. That was out of London, that report. And the Mayo Clinic has said with cardiovascular, drinking more water. And there's nothing that will convince me that if you drink a lot of water, you might be able to battle the flu season, allergy season, and more. Water is what your life is made up of and your choices. Now today, I'd like you to look up some of the reference material Go over to Science Daily and look up the recent one they had on restoring wetlands. So you can type in Science Daily, Restoring Wetlands. Go over to Chinese Cities Water Cannons. Type that in. Chinese Cities Deploy Water Cannon. You'll have a lot of fun with that. They're needing uh, moisture in the air to fight the pollution, and you'll read what has happening there. Go to Facebook. I care about water. Look at that one. You'll be fascinated. The other one is go to Facebook. I care about water. For There will be several on there that you're going to be noticing that are really exciting new features and studies. Go over to dehydration. Type in with Google or Yahoo. Dehydration. You'll be learning what we're, we've been learning on the show about dehydration. The other one, there's several there on dehydration. There's one that's dehydration in children. So type in dehydration in children for the reference material for uh, what I would like to have you be learning today uh, in your moments of your spare time. Today we're going to have an exciting guest. I can hardly wait to get Dr. Pollock on. I want you to know about Dr. Pollock. He is a professor of bioengineering at the University of Washington, and at the University of Washington, he's editor-in-chief of water. Today, the subject is going to be dehydration and the 2014 annual conference that he had um, in Bulgaria. I'm anxious for you to hear that, but I'm going to be emphasizing today his book that I would say, it says it on the front, the most significant scientific discovery of this century is what he has written about water. It's called The Fourth Phase of Water. Type that in. Dr. Gerald Pollack, Ph.D. You're going to be fascinated, and it'll be something that with our classes on the show here, with all that we do, and today I'm going to spend some time inside his book with him because every scientist all over the world The scientists that I'm bringing together inside China, I'm talking to them about this book. This book, to the United Nations and to more, this book is a primary focus of a lot of study, a lot of common sense, and a lot of life saving and the planet to save. We're going to be back in a minute with Dr. Pollock, but we're going to listen to our sponsor, 
Biologic Aqua Research, which I am the founder of. For many, many years, I've deci- I decided many years ago, water has to be researched because of the dehydration impact of the atmosphere and not enough education and life-saving research developments that we have had on understanding what is happening to the dehydration of your body living in the atmosphere. But we also study that fresh water on the surface of the planet. It's so important to the influence of atmosphere. What do you think if there's not enough fresh water on the surface of the planet that influences the water in the atmosphere? Do you think that might be our problems with our climate change? I think it might be. That's going to be studied ongoing. We're listening to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a supplement to the eyes. Your eyes are 99% water. You need a supplement to supplement the atmosphere. What is vision impairment? Dehydration of the eyes. We'll listen to our, our Nature's Tears Eye Mist, our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Pollock. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Pollock, are you with us? Yes, I am. Uh, thank you, Sharon, for having me. Happy to be here. Well, thank you for being here, as busy as you are. And um, I, you heard me discuss that book, and I'll tell you, doctor, that book, I can hardly wait to share that with so many people around oh, the world. So um, <laughs> amazing book, and uh, we're, today we're going to be discussing that thoroughly. I've got it tabbed. Of, you can teach me through in the audience about where you're coming from with the passion now of you're like I am. It's like others that I've been joining inside China and other countries Passion of water is, will, is there, and it's becoming contagious. It's, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's adventurous. Yeah, but well, uh, all, we, we really do need you. to understand about water, indeed, absolutely. Um, it, is, it is exciting. I mean, we've always, real estate increases in value if there's a water. Uh, cities thrive weak economy if they had the water. The first governments of Europe were based around water. 
not the politics the way they are today. Yeah, But before we move on, I want you to tell us about the conference in Bulgaria. I know you have uh, this water conference that you started years ago in Bulgaria, and you just had it in October. We did, indeed. We we, um, held it in Bulgaria, and... uh, yeah, it's an annual event. Uh, it seems to get better and better. Why Bulgaria, I guess, is a question, you know, of all places. Bulgaria? Uh, we held it in Bulgaria because um, it, Bulgaria actually has something like 40% of Euro- Europe's uh, natural uh, spring waters, uh, health-oriented uh, waters. And people don't know about this because uh, it's, it's, it's a kind of hidden secret, a hidden treasure. It's, it's called Bulgarian gold. So the Bulgarians are really interested in, um, uh, well, perhaps exploiting this, this uh, national treasure that, that they have. And they've been very gracious about in, in inviting us and uh, helping to sponsor a meeting uh, on, on water. And the meeting was just it went so well. Um, it was attended by more than 100 people. And these people presented one after another exciting presentations on all aspects of water, um, aspects that you that people might not might not realize are even even being explored. And at our meeting, there are some ideas, Doctor Pollock, and what they are. Because I'm going to spend a lot of time on your book, but. What were some of the things that your people are exploring that you found so fascinating? Well, I'll tell you the one that intrigued me the most. You know, we've been studying this uh, fourth phase of, of water. Um, so most, most people uh, think that water has three phases, uh, solid. Now ice. we're talking in the body. Uh, anywhere, it doesn't matter, in, uh, in the body, outside the body, but in okay. the body. Okay, the, okay so we, we still we have these, these phases of water inside the body, but also outside we have, you okay. know, the inside there's not much in, in the way of the solid phase of water, that is ice, okay? Right. So we have the ice, we have uh, liquid water, which everybody knows about, and we have vapor, uh, water vapor, which everybody knows about. So we discovered a phase that's in between the solid, and the liquid, and, and it's at the interface between the two. And that's the water, as you said, that fills our cells and fills our body. It's that kind of water. It's not like water in a glass. So um, somebody, um, an Italian uh, group of people uh, fr- from Naples came to the meeting, and they reported that this fourth phase of water, in ordinarily it's kind of like a gel. It's... Um, it, it 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 has high viscosity. It's kind of like honey, you might say. And um, what they were able to do is to take this phase, large amounts of it, and put it through a, some kind of special drying agent. And the water, this is just water. It's fourth phase water. It became a solid, <laughs> and you could you could take it and you know pick it up and wave it around. And if you take it and dissolve it in ordinary water, it kind of disappears. So for me, this was extraordinary because it Yeah, showed. you probably had your mouth open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was one of the nice... Oh. Uh, it was nice to see that you could actually take this phase and hold it in your hand. <laughs> um, uh, and and you, you might expect that because if it's uh, a highly, highly viscous uh, kind of... Uh, it's not exactly solid, but you can make it into a solid just by basically by drying it. But it, it. is, uh, the consistency of it is like a, an internally in the cell is like a, a, 
And you're saying it doesn't have to be just in the body. It could be outside in the vapor we're, li- we're living with, the water we're living with in the atmosphere. That's going oh, yeah. to force phase. Oh, absolutely. But the, yeah. And the, so. what, but in one of those phases, the water is, 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 is a, a substance is in a, in a gel. Now, is that, that way? Is that the way it is in the atmosphere too? It, it is that way in in the atmosphere. You know, we we mostly think of water vapor in the atmosphere as being single water molecules somehow suspended mm-hmm. throughout the air. But we did experiments and found that's absolutely not the case. Uh, uh-huh. The the um, the moisture in the atmosphere comes in these little packets. We call them vesicles. Some people say aerosol droplets. They're, they're not big. They're, you know, they're not the size of an automobile, obviously, but nor are they as small as a water molecule. They're somewhere in between. They're actually um, uh, 20 or 30 micrometers in size. That would be like a third of the diameter of one of your hairs. So, um, and they, they're, they're spherical, and the shells of these little spheres consist of fourth phase water. That's basically what holds it together. And there, there are many of them throughout the atmosphere. And if you have a, if you have a day with high humidity, you, you may remember. I mean, if you look, for example, uh, you're in, you, you're in China a lot, and if you're in Shanghai <laughs> in the warm weather, it, it's difficult to see very far in these hot, humid summer days. And the reason, the reason you can't see very far is that you have a lot of these little droplets that are suspended in air. That's the humidity. And, and the humidity scatters light. See? And, and so if you think of a distant building that you can hardly see, the light coming from that building, getting bounced off that building, needs to reach your eye in order for you to see it. But in the pathway between the building and your eye, the light encounters many of these little droplets or vesicles, um, and it scatters the light. So when the light finally comes to your eye, it's been scattered so many times that the image of that building is not so clear. It becomes fuzzy. And then if it all clears, if the atmosphere clears and all of that humidity condenses into some clouds, you know, the clouds are discrete, but the rest of the air then becomes clear, and you can then see that building more Easily and clearly. What happens when the when the temperature changes and it gets colder? So that's um, humidity when it's warm. Yeah, what about the, when it's the, the usually there's less capacity to uh, to sustain those those droplets when it's when it's colder, um, and so there are not. That's why. That's why in the wintertime, uh, you don't, you usually, um, you can see, unless it's raining, you can see quite, quite far when, it, when it's clear. But in the summertime, when it's warmer, the air is full of those little droplets, the humidity, and you can't see mm-hmm. very far. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there certainly is a difference at, at different uh, temperatures. And people want, from Italy, what, what, what was one other one? Because I'll get into your book here. Uh, what other one was fascinating? Well, uh, the, 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 the Luc Montagnier uh, from France always fascinates. Uh, you know, he won the Nobel Prize, and um, um, so his work of he switched. He used to he used to work on on AIDS and HIV. In fact, it was because of his discovery of HIV that he won the Nobel Prize. He's gotten really interested in water, and and um, so oh, are had, we thrilled? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> In fact, uh, he has a laboratory in China. The Chinese government uh, lured him to 
to come to, uh, I think it's Zhaotong University in Shanghai, and uh, there he has a laboratory with many postdocs granted uh, and students by the Chinese government, and so he does some of his work in China and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and basically all over. He complains, though, that you know in France, once you cross a certain threshold age, you're not entitled to any kind of financial support, whether you're a Nobel oh. Prize or a king or whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't get any money. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, that's the way it is. But his his experiment is so interesting. I don't interesting. know about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I that's the way it is. I think wisdom is experience and aging. Personally, <laughs> <laughs> he 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 uh, he has evidence that that water can actually uh, store information and then transmit that information. And okay, I know well, sounds... now we're back to Dr. Emoto. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and you know of the death of Dr. Emoto? Yes, I do. We... I have a, somebody I know very, very well who's close to me, is close, was very good friends with him. Right. Well, he was supposed to come to my home in Seattle for dinner uh, in two weeks, but, um, you know, there's <laughs> oh. the way it goes. Oh, but, uh, and I we... bet you were... Now, it did in your relationship, did you ever, you were able to talk to him? Now, audience, tell the audience about Dr. Emoto before we go into the French re- sure. Uh, research. Sure. It, what Emoto has done, Emoto is, is, um, uh, he's a spiritualist. He's not a scientist, but he got a lot of science, scientists interested in what he does. So, so he takes, uh, some water and he, uh, he puts some energy, different kinds of energy, in, into the water, and then he freezes it and looks at the ice crystals. So what he finds is, uh, just to begin with, he started with sound. And if he played music, um, uh, what he calls <laughs> um, beautiful music, like, for example, a Bach cantata or something like this, uh, the crystals freeze and you get beautiful crystals. Uh, if you play hard rock music, you get ugly <laughs> crystals. And... And then later he um, he started praying to the water and um, and thinking positive thoughts and saying I love you in a very uh, uh, warm and friendly and loving way and he got beautiful crystals and if he said I hate you in Japanese um, uh, then, then he got ugly crystals and you know a lot of scientists uh, have been skeptical because it's easy to take a hundred crystals and choose the one that you like and show that one and call it representative and. And, and so some of this stuff has been tested objectively uh, in, for, in front of audiences who are not biased in any way. They don't know which. They, they're shown a crystal, and they're asked to, to decide is this beautiful or ugly. And, and, uh, and these are randomly chosen. And it turns out that uh, there is a correlation uh, between, uh, it's not a strong correlation, but it's significant, a correlation between the uh, positive thoughts and beautiful frozen crystals and and negative thoughts and and crystals that are are ugly. So mm-hmm. so it, it, and it does, what was it? And I'm sorry, I should know it because I have the book. What was the name of his book for the audience to know about? Oh, I, oh, I you caught yeah, me there. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll um, put that in. If the, you um, just uh, search under Emoto, you will, you'll get it immediately. Get it, yeah, just look under Emotos. Okay, yeah. now back to the French, and then I'll get to your book. Um, uh, so the French scientist is, is diving in right now to, with some of these theories that he obviously believed Emoto was on the right track. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not really connected to Emoto. It was a different lineage. No. He was he came oh, yeah. from his friend was Jacques Benveniste, who was really the pioneer, and uh, and Jacques was disgraced, um, so-called debunked for for his work, and and became a laughing stock of of the scientific community because nobody could imagine that, for example, that water has memory. Well, it turns out that his experiments have been duplicated numerous times and uh, confirmed that that he was right in in what he was talking about. And and since he died, it was a decade ago. Uh, and Luc Montagnier was his close friend. Uh, Luc decided to take up where where he left off, and his results are astonishing. Uh, and uh, some people refuse even to consider that they might uh, be correct. What he does is um, he puts. He puts DNA into water, and you know, in the case of DNA, the information uh, comes in the sequence along the DNA strand. So he takes these short DNA strands, and he puts them in water, and he he dilutes it many, many times, kind of like a homeopathic uh, dilution. So, So this container now contains just a pad of DNA and a lot of water, okay, and it's sealed. So you, the water doesn't evaporate and doesn't connect with anything else. He says that the water is sending out electromagnetic signals, and those signals can be received by other water. So he puts a water, pure water, again, a sealed container, right next to the container that contains the, the small amount of DNA in the water. The two are sitting next to each other for a day. Okay, then he takes that water and he says, oh, this is the water that has received an electromagnetic signal from, from the water containing the DNA. It's got information in it. And to prove his point, he takes that water and he uses it to create new DNA. It's a so-called PCR reaction. It's got all the raw materials that you need to create DNA, but no mm-hmm. sequence information. Uh, so he, he pours that water into the powder, and voila, he, he gets new DNA, and the new DNA has the same sequence as the original DNA that the water sat next to. So oh, my gosh. This is totally amazing, and uh, he presented well, this. It, it, you know, but you, you, you have a, a background I don't have. But my evaluations have been leading that direction. Your evaluations have been proving that direction, that there is something there we need to discover and study uh, because it will do breakthroughs after breakthroughs in some of these diseases that are happening with individualities that are out of control, even though we put a postage stamp on trying to solve them after they've been discovered, which disease, whatever, but there's there's some common sense to the body's water and living with the atmosphere, and you're definitely uh, now. What a exciting! I know I can hardly. I hope uh, sometime when I get, I can get an invitation to that. Oh, please come! <laughs> uh, it's it's open to all. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I know absolutely. we're going to be there and do that starting next year, um, and we want you to participate in some of our conferences too. But Sure. Now, we only have a minute left, and we're going to come back in for the, before the break. But on your book, real quickly, tell the audience within a minute, and we're going to come back here in a minute after the uh, sponsor, but tell them why you wrote this book. I wrote this book because 
um, we, because it, it became clear, it's been known for a hundred years that there's something about water that's, that's not clear. There are so, so many, uh, so-called anomalies, which means things you can't understand in the current framework, uh, that exist, that something is missing. And I knew that something was, was, was missing. And we began doing experiments, and the experiments demonstrated what was missing. It was another phase of water that had been predicted a hundred years ago. And I had to get the message out. So, uh, that's what okay, stimulated me. Well, we'll take a me. moment with our sponsor, and we're going to come back, and we're going to discuss your book. I've got it. I, I would, uh, we're going to have to have a lot more shows in time to take around the world because this book has got a lot of evidence that you have a handle on the future of what will save a lot of lives. We'll be right back. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed. It's a supplementation to the atmosphere. I was asked many years ago by ophthalmology research if I would study the dehydration of the surface of the eye like I had the skin. And I determined after a year's study that supplementation is vital to the organ of the eye. When the eyelid is open, it depends upon the atmosphere, the moisture in the air. If there's not enough or it's unhealthy, it's polluted, it's not going to be able to provide the surface of the eye what is required. It will begin to dehydrate, lose body water in, in the eye. We'll listen to our sponsor with just a mist. It's a tissue culture grade of water to supplement. And we'll be right back with Dr. Pollock. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Pollack, uh, with your book, uh, it's called The Fourth Phase of Water. So you, in the book, have explored to provide evaluations and research developments that you've had about that fourth phase of water. And you told us about it today. You told us, you educated us in our, I'll call this a laboratory um, in the show today, about that fourth phase. But teach our audience what the, the impact of water is, the word water in the body and and in the sure. relationship to why that air. Do that again for them so we sure. can get them ready for for some other things I'm going to ask about the book. 
Okay, water. So, so we all we all know that um, you know that that the body by volume is about two thirds water. It actually decreases with age you know, as we become dehydrated. Uh, and um, so that two-thirds water, if you think of the number of water molecules, because the water, the molecules of water are so small, it takes a lot of, of those small water molecules to make up that two-thirds. And if you do the arithmetic, it turns out that more than 99%, uh, as you mentioned earlier, more than 99% of our mo- molecules, if you count them, are water molecules, 99 out of every 100 that you count. So there's a lot of water inside, and, and of course the question is, well, what's it doing there? And uh, scientists who, who study uh, biochemistry and cell biology, they relegate the water as uh, unimportant, as kind of the background carrier of those more important molecules of life, uh, like DNA and RNA and proteins and, and such. And it just sits there. It's like, a, it's like uh, you know, you pour the water in the bathtub to hold your body. It doesn't do much else. Uh, on the other hand... Um, it's been known for, this is a kind of recent view, recent meaning the, the past three or four or five decades, but before that, scientists knew that water was absolutely central to everything that the body does. It, was, it played an integral role. And um, so I, I took up that theme in my earlier book called Cells, Gels, and the Engines of Life and uh, uh, discussed the role of water in cell function. And the conclusion uh, in that book is very simple. If you don't understand the role of, of water uh, in, in the biology of, of our, our cells, you can't possibly understand how our cells work. And the reason is, is actually not so complicated. See, the work of each cell is done by proteins. So, for example, in a muscle cell, you have typical muscle proteins, and those proteins undergo some kind of, when the, your muscle wants to contract, those proteins undergo some kind of physical change. They, they somehow change their configuration, shall we say. But they do this in the presence of water. So each protein is surrounded by many layers of this fourth phase of water. Some people call it interfacial water, structured water. Um, we call it easy water. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Each protein surrounds itself with, with this fourth phase water. And unless it has enough of that, it can't do its job. And so your, your muscles begin to fail if those muscles become dehydrated. Dehydrated means they don't have enough of this, uh, of this easy water. And, and so, so this water is absolutely crucial for function. It's not just crucial in, in the muscle cells. It's crucial in your brain cells and your kidney cells and your liver cells and every, every cell in your body. And you've got to get, um, gotta get, get it rehydrated. It's kind of like the eyes uh, that you're, you're talking about. Uh, for them to function properly, they have to be fully Hydrated, not dehydrated, as as in, in many cases. So, so water is is central, not just to quench your thirst, so to speak. Um, sometimes you need it, even if you don't feel uh, thirsty. But it's necessary for every and all kinds of function. And um, there's a I, your audience may be familiar with with uh, the book that I think you you're familiar with, Sharon. Um, the, the the book that's that's called. Uh, you're not sick. You're thirsty. <laughs> By a guy whose name starts with Batman, 
it's actually a long Iranian name. Fact, but- I always said, in fact, I've talked to him. He called me once before he died, Batmanjit. I always pronounced it wrong. Yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah, and I, I, I met his son by accident. We're sitting next to each other on a plane, and when, oh. when the, fly, the flight attendant, um, um, you know, we were bumped up to, to, or I was anyway, up to uh, first class because I fly a lot, and I'm sitting next to this guy, and, and the flight attendant comes by, and usually when you're up in, in first class, they'd like to call you by name instead of, hey, you. And so, yeah. so they looked at me, the, the flight attendant said, uh, um, Mr. Pollock, I said, yeah, yeah, and then looked at the other guy, and it was, it was hopeless to pronounce his long name. And so he responded, he looked up to her and said, just call me Batman. And then I knew who uh. he was. <laughs> So anyway, the, but the book is so. so uh, karma and life, and the coincidence of life. You probably felt like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was amazing. It really was a kind of now, karma. Now, is he as into this as his father was? He is absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's a businessman doing doing a whole lot of other things. But uh, we spoke nonstop for three hours, or on the oh, way my, from yeah. DC to Seattle, or even longer. And there was such a an extraordinary resonance between. The two of us uh, that that was was forged. It was wonderful, and he was telling me that his father's book uh, sold. I think it's more than seven million copies. It's oh cheap. my, okay, it's cheap and it's so interesting. Uh, it's so simple. His father was a physician, mm-hmm. and uh, as a physician, um, he was actually thrown into jail, a prison, when I the Shah of story. Iran was deposed. So he was a yeah. supporter of the yeah, you know, and, and he was since he was a physician, he had to take care of all the all the um, uh, other uh, uh, people who were thrown in prison with him, and all he had available was water. You see, and it turned out right. that these people would drink a lot of water, and whatever their problem was would go away. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, and so he he continued and he studied this uh, when he got out of prison, and then he wrote the book. And the book is so simple; each chapter is it's anecdotal. It's not the kind of of evidence that modern science would consider uh, to be acceptable. Nevertheless, it's totally convincing. Um, he talks about all these patients who came to him. For example, one chapter is on diabetes, and uh, he talks about his experience with these patients, uh, telling them to drink a lot of water, and they get better. It's so simple. Um, and the, the ancients knew how important water was, but we've really forgotten how important uh, water is. The ancients, practically every culture and every religion, water was right at the center, the very heart of their, uh, uh, of, of their, of their survival. Mm-hmm. Oh, their survival, yeah, and and also part of their religious uh, practices. They became the religious because uh, because they could see there was something very, pa- the power of the water. <laughs> the power of the water, exactly. Power the of power. the water. Yeah, but we, we've forgotten. We've totally well, forgotten. Well, we did, but now we don't. We're, we're people like yourself and others throughout the world. I, I cannot tell you because of this radio show and what I've been doing and researched for years. That's coming together now. Um, common sense. Um, I heard somebody, somebody say the other day, if you wanted five things for the United States of America, what would be the five things? And I'll never forget what he said because you, you will relate. Common sense, common sense, common sense, common sense, common sense. Five, <laughs> that's all I want. Yep. And, you know, we've got to get back to common sense to save lives. And, and by the way, too, Dr. Pollock, save the planet. 
I, the planet's I freshwater resource on the surface of the globe is diminished only because of mankind not taking what our forefathers took serious to not let that water get that low. And they found technology to support that hydraulically and with technology of storage. But back to the body water now. How many cells, how, you're a scientist, how many cells are in the body? Oh, my goodness. You challenged me. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I had someone uh, the other day say they've heard up to 30, 300 trillion cells. I, I could be right. I, I never counted. <laughs> so I don't mean I'm, that. I mean, you're being too scientist to credibility there. But the, uh, So let's say in your body you have trillions of cells. Yep. that you need to nourish. They have to be nourished or you dry up to death. Oh, oh Too yeah. Soon. Too soon. And then some of the symptoms, I used to say when I started studying so far back, I'm the founder of a hospital auxiliary in our community and the founder. And I used to say to the medical team in the community, when you go to see the patient each day, do you go to the chart first or you go talk to the patient and kind of evaluate how their eyes look and how their skin looks and their gestures? And they said, what are you thinking? And I said, well, the chart influences you. Uh, You should go, I believe, and look at the patient. Take time to study the skin, how they're talking, uh, their eyes, their gestures. It'll give you an idea of their dehydration effect, what's happening. They wouldn't even be laying there that sick if they weren't overly dehydrated anyway, doctor. Yeah. They agree with me. Yeah, I I hear you. Uh, The the doctors now are really frustrated. Ten minutes to spend per patient, and um, nine and a half of those are looking at the computer and asking the question. Oh, my. Yes, the distractions, I call it. Yeah, distractions. you and your book now. Okay. Uh, The book... The fourth phase of water. Now, the possible structures in here, and I, you've already today done it quite a bit uh, on this, so I'm coming forward on the, you've already discussed actually the, the structures of water. But I'm going to ask you real quickly in here, you started t- discussing the pH. Describe to our audience how important it is by the description of the pH of the water. What does that mean to okay. the audience? What is that for their education? Okay, well, well, pH is, is a measure of the concentration of protons, uh, uh, hydrogen ions, uh, and, and um, uh, it, 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 so um, you, can, you can measure the, the pH, the nomenclature, the, the lower the number, the more the protons, you see. And so if you have a low pH, 7 is considered neutral. If you have 6, 5, 4, etc., then, then you have low uh, a pH, uh, high concentration of protons. And if you have high pH, it's low concentration of protons, kind of backwards from what you, you'd think, and, and more, more alkaline and, and, and more negativity. How important is that? Well, it's, it's very important, um, and, and um, this is a controversial uh, topic, and um, I guess the first thing I would say about the pH is this fourth phase kind of creates its own pH. What happens is 
is that the, uh, this phase builds from, actually from light, from electromagnetic energy, and as it builds, this phase actually is negatively charged, and, and, and it builds from water, and so the water, the water is split, and the negatively charged part uh, builds this phase, and the positively charged part, protons, are in the water, you see, and, and, and so um, that's what, if you measure the protons in the water, that actually is what creates this, this low pH, and the body likes to get rid of protons, so, um, you know, for example, it, it, doesn't, it likes to maintain this negativity or alkalinity, and it wants to get rid of the protons, and the way it does it is through practically every orifice in your body, if you think about it, when you um, urinate, the urine has low pH, so you're getting rid of protons. Um, and uh, when you sweat, the sweat has low pH, and you're getting rid of protons. When you breathe out, simple exhaling, you breathe out water vapor, water, and carbon dioxide, That and water plus CO2 is, gives you carbonic acid, that's protons. So when you breathe out, when you exhale, you're exhaling protons. And uh, if you pardon the expression, uh, uh, a friend of mine measuring his body potential, which is negative, he was telling me at the Bulgarian meeting that he, he measured himself, and out of curiosity, he took a dump. And after the dump, he, he became more negative, and therefore it looks as though that uh, it's another way of, of, of getting rid of positive charge. I know in birds, when birds defecate, they have a kind of urine uh, defecation, it's positively charged. So, so if you put all of those together, um, it means that the body is trying, like the devil, to get rid of all kinds of positivity in your body and maintain negativity. And so if you were to measure your body electrical potential compared to ground, you'd find it's negative. Um, which is kind of equivalent to alkaline, uh, OH minus uh, in, in, in your body. So this is, this is important. And the more you hydrate yourself, remember this hydration water, fourth phase water, easy water, is negatively charged, you see. So, so the more you hydrate yourself, the more negative you become. And I, I, think, um, I think that uh, one of the, the goals, uh, if you, uh, so to speak, in, in quotes of our life, is to maintain as much negativity, please pardon the expression, as much negativity as possible. We don't like to consider ourselves to be negative, but electrically speaking, electrically we're all negative. Speaking. Negative. Negative. Now, and, and, and the, more, the more you'll be able to eliminate, people don't realize that you eliminate more toxin, I'll call it crap egg, through the skin than you oh, yeah. need to go to flush the toilet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. So therefore, now explain what the proton, what is it, give it the definition and description of a proton so they understand that. Well, a proton is the um, essential uh, positive charge. It's uh, it's the nucleus of the, of the, the hydrogen cell. atom. It's in and the cell functioning to well, do the exactly cell. what you just described. Yeah, so in the cell, these, these protons do a number of things. Um, uh, see, most of the cell, the cell is a mixture of negative and positive. The charges are separated, and... And those charges, the negative and the positive, can, can actually run uh, reactions that some reactions require a negative charge, most of them, and some require a positive charge, you see. And so you need those, and, and this kind of fourth-phase water achieves 
the splitting of neutral water into the negative part, and the pot, it's like a battery. You see, so you have the. You, you in fact, that's with, what I have in front of me. I was leading to that in your chapter. Batteries are made from water. Right. Batteries are made from water because you start with neutral water, and as soon as you uh, create. Uh, the EZ water, that's usually negative, and the region of water beyond that phase is positive. So you have negative, positive. And if you stick an electrode into the negative one and another electrode into the positive one and, and connect them through, say, a, re- a resistor, you get current that flows from the positive to the negative. And if you put more light in, remember, light is what builds all this, light that we absorb in our body. Uh, we absorb many different wavelengths of visible light, UV light, uh, infrared light. That's what the light is what builds this phase and separates the charge. So, you know, instead of sticking your, your body into the electrical receptacle, you expose yourself to light. And light is so important. Light is what, what separates the charge and basically charges the cellular battery, the water now, battery. Now, way at the beginning of time of Earth, the Earth had the atmosphere around Earth. Sun did not come up for billions of years. And when it came up, for the amount of years it took for whatever amount it was, they, it all began to change when the sun came after water was here first. Well, yeah, um, is that there had to be some energy. Even, uh, I mean, I, not, nobody was there to confirm that the sun yeah. took uh, whatever. So, so this is, you know, a bit of conjecture. Maybe it's right. I, you know, I, there's, there's evidence. Maybe it's not right. But anyway, there had to be some energy because if there's water, the water would freeze without energy. See, we'd have ice. We wouldn't have water. We wouldn't have anything, uh, any liquid. don't you think that electrolytic side of Earth possibly could have began because sun energy and the temperature of the atmosphere began to take a change based on when the sun took its cycle around the earth? Well, sure. I mean, with the sun beating down on the earth... uh, At spots of the earth at different times... Yeah, the temperature rose, and 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 mm-hmm. and this this would have created if there's more energy coming in, more light energy, more infrared or heat, we sometimes call it, or uh, ultraviolet. Then all of these energies are being absorbed by the water and separating the charge and creating more of this battery-like effect, giving energy to the water. So exactly, and water was here first, but atmosphere was first. Then came the water. And below our planet, we have so much water there that was there for billions of years before it began to surface all around the Earth. Then comes the cycle of the sun. Wow. And we yeah. only have one more minute left with you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you wish, I actually. I Dr. Young Fong on here a week ago, and... He, I, I called him afterwards. I said, I told you to go fast. He said, oh, my gosh. I said, would you do it again? He said, yes. <laughs> they, uh, in China, they were the first ones to study genome research. Genome oh, is that right? Yeah. But yeah, back I, to I, what do you want to say to uh, our uh, audience? And I, I hope I can beg you to come back again someday. What would you like that, to say to the audience? I would say take a look at, at the fourth phase of water, it's actually it's designed not for experts. It's designed for everybody to. Uh, I think any intelligent sense. person can read through, and there's so much in it that applies to 
to so much um, of what we see on an everyday basis but don't even think about, don't really bother to say, hey, how does that happen? So it's full of those, and, um, you know, I, I, I hope that um, you would be willing to take a look and see what you think. You can actually read a few chapters uh, freely on the Ebner and right. Sons website. And the word experts, they should be reading Common Sense. <laughs> Common Sense. Yeah, experts, uh, the, 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 the scientific uh, world or the scientific kingdom is ruled by so-called experts, and sometimes those experts uh, can lead us astray, away from Common Sense. I had a Nobel Prize winner on here from Switzerland, and he said, Sharon, after 25 years, almost 30, multi-millions and no end of doctors to prove that water in the cell, how it functions. He said, Common Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Common sense, absolutely. Well, Doctor, thank you so much sure, again, Sharon. Dr. Pollock, and I hope we can get you on again because, of course, but we, we covered it quite a bit, and uh, there is no doubt how important water is for everybody's life and the atmosphere and their bodies. So I thank you all for what you're doing, and uh, I will let you go, and you have a very good week, and you be well. Okay, thank you, Sharon. You too. Okay, thank take you. care. Bye. Bye. Well, we only have a minute left for me to do this. Uh, wow. You know, there's so much to learn. And get involved with us. Type in water, fresh water crisis, water advocate. Follow us all the way to the moon, stars, and rainbow and back again with passion and commitment and a mission. It's water. We'll save the planet together. I want to thank you for listening again Embrace your life and somebody else's and the power of water, what we're going to do to protect it. But Earth is whispering to all of us. Earth is whispering. Don't say goodbye. Leave something behind of yourself to pay it forward for all the generations to come of children to know that we cared about the power of water and life on Earth. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.